love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tune into the HCCU Sports Lab to see if my team wanna lose. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Talking about Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. Talking, they compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team if they wanna lose. And who the ball? So listen to Professor Yesler, yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. While they're in their home studios, I'm in the road. I'm in Montgomery, Alabama for the 2023 Black College World Series. I just saw Albany State defeat Boothville's College in the winner's bracket 12-2. Albany State, while they fell a little short in the SIC tournament, losing to a historic matchup, matchup, a classic game against Savannah State last Saturday night that put them out of the tournament. It looked like they're making a run here in the Black College World Series. And then on the other side, uh, we have a winner matchup tonight with Payne. Uh, that will be interesting to look and see how they're doing it against Florida Memorial uh, that had a Historic matchup last year, uh, Florida rivals with Florida Moore and Edward Waters, which Edwards came out of, and then ultimately got it done against the Division II side to win the 2022 World College Championship. But enough about that. I want to say welcome to Episode 390 Inside the HBC Sports Lab Radio Show and Podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports. For institutions large and small, from the NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBC sports culture, HBC athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBC athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. We simply call it HBCU sports pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Kavila, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Fish. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Multi-Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper. Beautiful home, home of Texas Southern University for me from Houston, Texas. So on the road, as we take the lab and cook it up as we do, today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THD Agency. THD Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. And that's what I'm doing a little bit here, doing that consulting work that comes up every so often. With that being said, Charles, how are you doing today? Doing well, Doc. Following the uh, softball action over at the SWAC tournament, uh, we got uh, Prairie View and Grandma going right now. Top of the six, and PV is on top of Grandma, one to nothing. So it's been a lot of exciting action uh, in the SWAC softball tournament. Yeah, that's a winner bracket game going down. Remember, Prairie View is number one in the West. Mm-hmm. One of the teams that did did defeat. Prairie View, in fact, gave them their first conference loss was Gramlin, that is the number two seed. The three seed, Texas Southern, uh, lost this morning uh, to Bethune-Cookman, which is the only team left out of the East, as surprisingly, the fourth seed, at least for some, Auckland State Braves knocked out the number one seed, Alabama State, 
uh, early this afternoon. There are four teams left, and of both those four three teams left, three of them are from the West. Mm-hmm. Even this morning, there were six teams left, and all four teams in the West were still alive. The top two teams in the East. Um, so it's been fascinating to kind of keep up as we had that argument, who's better East and West in many of the sports. Well, in softball, at least from this tournament so far, you can probably see the depth, at least, you have to say, in the West. We'll see what that means because Bethune-Cookman can find his way out of the loser bracket. They still have a chance to make a statement, get it all done. With that being said, great update there, Charles. Mike, what is, what's on your mind? That much, same thing. I was going to ask a question. I think it's a data point. I just link at the titles. Grambling defeats uh Grambling defeats Alabama State yesterday, 4-0. Alcorn State captures thrilling 9-5 victory over FAMU May 10th. That's yesterday, our Lord, in the year 2023. <clears throat> Texas Southern eliminates JSU 3-2 yesterday. They are up today. And then Prairie View defeats Bethune 6-1 and up on Grambling. So Remember, we had this talk of when FAMU and, and and Bethune were joining the SWAC. Who was best? Was that beast truly in the East? I'm not so sure. So I'm enjoying this action just like my boy CB is. But I'm looking at this stats, and I'm getting some different data points uh, flirting around in my head. Mm, interesting that you see it that way. I'm sneaking <laughs> in to give a little love update for the MEAC in this uh, first segment as we Look forward to having a great interview that with a lot of talk with the Magic City Classic. We will have Dr. Paul Bryant on, or we're expected to have him on in the second segment. And we'll see if we can give you two segments, uh, giving you some updates with Dr. Paul Bryant, what's going on at Alabama a and particularly looking at the Magic City Classic. We also have a softball tournament over there in the MEAC taking place. Uh, they started yesterday. Uh, they remember they take the top six seeds in that tournament. Uh, with that being said, you had number four Howard uh, losing to number five seed Cotton State six to four. A little bit of an upset, at least in terms of the seeding coming in. Second game featured North Carolina Central, the three seed that defeated the six seed Maryland Eastern Shore two to one, which um, ended day one. So you go to day. Well, excuse me, you still have game three on day one, which was the number one seed which actually failed. First upset of that tournament, number one seed falls to the number five seed, Cobb State, two to one. Uh, in there, the top two seeds get a bye. So Morgan State got a bye. It looks like that bye may have hurt them a little bit. Hmm. Then you have number two, uh, Norfolk State, versus number three, North Carolina Central, in that terms of that game four matchup, which is fascinating because um, – <laughs> You see that uh, things continue to fly and flourish in those type of matchups as things continue to go. Uh, getting you an update here in terms of what that in going. That was actually another upset. So the two seeds goes down. Uh, that was to North Carolina Central that defeated them 7-4. Central is actually leading in the fourth uh, in terms of the winning bracket game against Cotton, which uh, they're leading 8-1 uh, in terms of game five, that first loser bracket game. Uh, featured Maryland Eastern Shore and Morgan State in terms of who going home. Guess what happened to Morgan State, the number one? Mm, wow. They were wow. defeated 11-7. to seven. Two in barbecue for the number one seed. Wow. That hurts. Yeah. yeah. 
That was interesting to me in terms of what that looks like. So obviously another loser bracket game was uh, Howard in terms of early action uh, this morning. You had Howard surviving, and they knock out the two seed, which is Norfolk State, five to one. So the two top seeds go 0-4 in the tournament. Norfolk State is hosting the tournament. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that was pretty wild to me. And as I said, you have North Carolina Central uh, that is leading Coppin State in their matchup 8-1 early on. So it'll be interesting to see how things continue to fly. But uh, third seed, North Carolina Central, seems to think that they would have things going in their direction if they can just hold on with the top two seeds out. But I guess it's anybody's race at this point. Uh, Charles, what other news you got going on? Obviously, we'll give you some update on the MEAC uh, as they're doing their um, track and field tournament. So fascinating to see how those things are going. Seeing some updates with Howard just seems to be dominating uh, that plan, particularly for the women as they continue to shine. Uh, as they've done over the last couple of years. But with that being said, Charles, what do you want to bring to the table in terms yeah. of HBCU news of the day? Yeah, let's stick with softball as the SWAC announced their postseason awards. The SWAC announced its 2023 All-SWAC softball teams, individual award winners, uh, and all conference honors were voted by the league's head coaches and, and SIDs. Alabama State's Kendall Dermas was named the player of the year along uh, with hitter of the year, while fellow teammate Bailey Greenlee was tabbed the pitcher of the year. Uh, Peruvia A&M's Aaron Talley was selected as the newcomer of the year, and Grambling State's Khadijah Collins took home freshman of the year accolades. And Peruvia A&M's softball head coach Vernon Bland, he was named the coach of the year uh, for leading Prairie View to the Western Division title, and that rounded out the individual awards. So uh, those were the individual awards. We'll take a look uh, at the uh, all-conference players' uh, First team, uh, Viviana Figueroa from Prairie View, Venice Sanders from Alabama A&M, Jada Gardner from Alabama State, Khadijah Collins from Grambling State, Serena Herbertson from Alabama A&M, Kendall Dermis from Alabama State, Jania Davis from Florida A&M, Michaela Irvis from Florida A&M, Bailey Greenlee from Alabama State, Halen Gonzalez from Bethune-Cookman, Kaylin Massey from Prairie View A&M, and Madison Myers from Alabama State. They represent the first team, all conference honors, uh, for the 2023 uh, conference softball team. Hey, I see it. I see it there. Mike, come off uh, mute there and ask you what news has you excited this week? What's on your mind to close out the week? Uh, you know what? I'm going to take it a little bit different. So this comes from social media, HBCU, HBCU Sports, HBCU Game Day. I got to give them credit as well and all the HBCU outlets, but I, I thought we would be remiss if we didn't uh, acknowledge the Howard golf team. Yes, dominating sir. HBCU golf. PGA uh, works. Yes. Remember a couple of years back, $6 million gift from Steph Curry. Well, look at, look at what they're doing. You know, they <laughs> won. <laughs> they, I mean, seriously, they just didn't win the 2023 championship. They literally lapped the field. Shoal Creek Golf Course, par 72, and Brent Brook Golf Course, par 71. You know, for the user, for those of you who play a little golf, you know how challenging these courses can be. Combine the host of 2023 PGA Works College Championship. Howard University won by 57 strokes over second place North Carolina A&T and 67 strokes over Florida A&M. Yeah, they're they doing it like that. 
So mm-hmm. kudos to them. Uh, I won't be long with this because last time I got it, y'all said I was long, but <laughs> kudos to the investment by uh, Steph Curry, but yeah. kudos to the program more so, you know, uh, and some of the some of the key golfers in this program. I mean, they are exuding excellence. Good stuff, good stuff, and I appreciate your brevity. Uh, uh, into it. I thought it was an extra report, but since you want to bring it up, we will celebrate the fact that you, he, 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 you were able to muscle through that. That being said, Charles, what other news you want to bring to the table? Well, since, it's, uh, it's, since Mike left you a little bit of time. Yeah, left me a little bit of time, and I, I wanted to mention Kentucky State. Uh, they won the Division Two yeah. uh, side uh, on PGA Work. So uh, kudos Kentucky State's men's golf team in terms of what they did at the PGA Works tournament as well. So, just to let you know how small the world is, I'm actually flying into Birmingham to drive down to Montgomery because I didn't want to do all the plane hopping. can't really get a straight flight into Montgomery out of Houston unless you go through Intercontinental. And that takes me an hour to get across Houston. Anybody knows about how many years. <laughs> I like, I, it just didn't make sense to me. If I'm going to drive out, I'll just do it on the backside. Anyway, so I'm picking up my rental car and I see Coach. Uh, out TSU's um, golf coach, and he talked about PGA work in terms of how uh, things were getting going. So uh, kudos to him in terms of Coach Willie Schenkel, uh, as he already got a championship. So that was cool uh, in terms of what that looks like. So I did want to give that update. With that, let's go into our first break. We'll come back on the other side. We should have our guest in here, and we'll get Dr. Uh, Brian on Alabama AM AD and see if we can find some updates to see what's going on. Uh, Mike, uh, you're going to have to take this one on the heel up there at Alabama AM. We'll be right back after this short break. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational. Powerhouse. Intelligent and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice dot com. Always on, all the time. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Them belly full, but we hungry. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want to allow them. And who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, and pay attention, because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Glue with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. And our guest for the day is Dr. Paul Bryant. Told you to have a chance to bring in the AD of Alabama AM, the Bulldogs. Over there on the hill, Mike kind of looks twice when I say that. You know, now in the swipe, there's three hills, so we got he, he feels some kind of way. I tell him, no, legitimate, they a hill up there. Yeah. <laughs> as as my wife is an Alabama Bulldog, so she's taught me right. So I had to, <laughs> you know, you know, I want to make sure Mother's Day weekend all is good at the home front. That's right. <laughs> Speaking about that, Doctor Bryant, how are you doing today? Uh, how's the family? Man, everything's going well. I'm doing well. Family's doing well, man. Just uh, enjoying my grandbaby. So, you know, it's always good to have uh, have some good times with the grandkids. Oh, yeah. We haven't had you on. I know that's right. We haven't had you on since you accepted the job. We've talked a little bit, conversed, and um, I will say this. You were available to come on the show immediately, so I want to thank you for that. But as we were trying to get in the grind in the middle of some sports, Right. With that being said, let me open it up. How has it been? How has it the experience been? How have you been welcomed uh, on the Hill? Well, I'll tell you what, it has been a great ride. Uh, you know, coming on the Hill the first day in September, uh, everyone has been so welcoming. You know, the support that you get from the alums, the, of course, the support that, that I have from our president, Dr. Daniel K. Williams, and, and the cabinet, the board, it, it has truly been an, a, a great ride, and I'm looking forward to longevity here uh, because there's a lot that we can do here on the Hill that that uh, that can be transformative, uh, transformational on this on this Hill, and and I'm just excited to be here. But it's been great. Appreciate for that, and I thank you for allowing us to get two segments out of this interview. For the second segment. We'll go a little bit more in terms of your strategic plan in regards to what you want to do with Alabama a &M. But as you know, the hot topic right now is the Magic City Classic. Yeah. We're going to try to dive in that, and then I'm going to share uh, the interview session with Charles and Mike to kind of have some follow-up questions. Okay. Um, but everybody is really intrigued in a lot of ways in terms of this contract. Mm -hmm. uh, and most of the time when we see contracts – uh, we just hear about the money that's coming out. But there's two parts of this. There's a contract, my understanding, with the city. Mm -hmm. And that seemed to go down to the ninth hour, but pretty straightforward. 
Uh, both Alabama State and Alabama A&M signed it. I know, obviously, you don't really talk about Alabama State. That's what they do on that side. But both right. of them signed that balance. But then we had this kind of updates from the newspaper. We had Mo Carter on last week to provide some insight a little deeper, uh, right. telling us uh, to some degree what was going on with Alabama A&M and some of the questions that were coming out with. Uh, but we heard that Alabama State signs a $1.5 million from ASC and that Alabama A&M, under your leadership and the president, obviously, uh, and your legal team, decided that they weren't going to sign it, sign it uh, that last day. There were some questions you have. What can you tell us about what took place and ultimately, if you would, why Alabama A&M decided not to sign the contract? Well, again, I, uh, you know, we, we did lay it out in the press release, but I, I will say this. Uh, yes, we did sign with the city. Uh, we signed a four-year four year deal with the city that uh, we're excited that it's going to, again, stay in Birmingham, play at Legion Field. That's what we wanted to do. Uh, but, but there were some concerns about the other contract. And so we wanted to see, you know, as we took a deeper dive into actually the contract as we read it. And, and again, we're going to do what's best for Alabama A&M. You know, what, what the other school does, that's what, you know, they, they do what they do. But for us, there was just some questions we had and, uh, uh, and, and we wanted some transparency. And, you know, and it was written in the contract that we could have financial transparency. And so when that wasn't provided, then, you know, we started to look a little deeper and say, well, is this the best thing for us? You know, when we start talking about revenue shares and we're like, well, is this the best for us? Is this all that, I mean, we just really don't want to accept whatever you say that I want to give you. And then especially when we are the, um, we're half of that show. And uh, and so when we're half of the show, we want to make sure that we are treated equitably. And so as we again, as we looked into it and and saw that the parade, uh, we didn't get any revenue from the parade. And and then some of these sponsors, uh, you know, if we brought sponsors in, then uh, there was a, a percentage taken out of the sponsorships that we brought in. And so. As we looked at it, we said, well, well, let's let's talk about it. And so we did ask, uh, send in a counter offer, uh, which was rejected. And um, uh, and then so we just came to the table and said, you know, maybe we really need to look at something and reimagine exactly how these classics are going to look. And yes, it was the Magic City classic, but we're looking at the Lewis Cruz classic. We're looking at my homecoming. We're looking at the entire game day experience Throughout every home game I have, it's how we reimagine and how we maximize the revenue that we can get at our at our institution. Hmm. I want to follow up on transparency. Before that, I do want to allow Charles to come in here and ask a follow up question on the reimagination. That sounds good. I want to talk about that too. Yeah, and, and I did. I had a question with regards to the reimagination, especially looking at the task force itself. And I wanted to ask this uh, question. Uh, will there be uh, specific members of the task force looking at various uh, aspects of the proposal? Or is it a kind of a collaborative effort? How, how exactly will the process go in terms of looking at uh, uh, these uh, proposals with regards to uh, classics or homecomings? Things of that nature? So we, we do. We're, we're 
we've put together or putting together a task force that is going to look at every aspect of a game. So when we talk about reimagining, so the market, you know, most people think marketing is the major piece, which it is, but it's securing sponsorship. It's actually the game day operations. Is you know, you look at the totality of a game, what it takes, how can we get them involved? How can we get butts and seats? All of that. Uh, uh, that's what the task force will do. Now, pertaining to the Magic City Classic, we're looking at uh, national sponsors, not just local. So we're looking at we're all, our task force. They have tentacles all across the country, and we're going to utilize some of those tentacles and and bring in some of the sponsors who really want to be seen by uh, just in the stadium. You're talking 70,000 people. But around the world, you know, the number is endless. So uh, that task force is going to be concentrating on that, those particular things. Good stuff. Mike, you want to follow up with a question? <clears throat> yeah, um, Dr. Bryant, uh, whenever you have a contract, you have collateral impact. Yep. And, you know, I know, you know, Dr. Kabil stated, you you know, Alabama A&M kind of delayed because of concerns. Can you talk me through some of those collateral impacts, band, parking, other ancillary services? Did those factors also play into your decision to delay in addition to the sponsoring concern? And if so, what what was of most concern, I guess? Okay, great question. I'll tell you, the, the band. So our band had to go down the day of the game or the parade the morning of. Then they had to turn around and come back. And then it was the parade. They had to go down for a press conference, come back, go for the parade, come back, go for the game, come back. And so that expense. Wow. So we were asking for, can we actually get some assistance with the band? And when it was denied, then that's when, again, we started to look and say, okay, we need to do what's best for our students. That, those are the first priorities. Are we we took a student-centered approach. And uh again, some of those things when it just wasn't clear for us, uh again, we and and it's it's our game. It's 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 our game. We're part of that. And so we just took a step back and let's look at before we sign anything, let's read the contract. And that's what we did. <laughs> that's a that's such a novel idea. <laughs> and you know, and you know not to read read the contract and the deep dive. I like that. Read the contract and the bottom line. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? We started from the top and read all the fine print. <laughs> but, but you know what? And it's it's interesting. You know, they say if you want to get something by, just put it yeah. in. A, and an agreement and a contract. In writing. Yeah. But what we're academicians. That's what we do. We read. Yeah. <laughs> and so <Exactly>. that's <laughs> Yep. Thank Citations you. mean everything. <laughs> Especially these two doctoral students. Uh, please cite um, <laughs> As you say that, uh, in all seriousness, in terms of transparency, mm-hmm. uh, you brought that up. Would you provide a little clarity in terms of how you see transparency? For example, does, it, am I gleaming this right that they just kind of wanted you to take the check, um, but they were not going to allow you like to maybe audit, uh, you know, see the books 
-hmm. if that makes sense in terms of where, in terms of all the money that you bring in, sponsor you bring in, that they'll say, hey, this is what we believe you uh, should have, and this is what you agree to, so don't worry about what we're doing on this other side in terms of the finances. And, and that was that was the assumption. The assumption was, okay, let's see exactly, you know, okay, you offer this, but what what are we missing? Is there anything else? And so we wanted to see what the records were. And and again, uh, you could tell me anything, but let me read it for myself. And and as we went to read it, uh, and we didn't get the transparency that we were looking for, that's why we took a pause. We just put pushed that pause button and said, uh, let's let's re rethink this. And and, and again, once uh, we didn't get that transparency, um, that caused us major because we see one thing online, then we receive something else. And it's like, uh, it just didn't add up. And that's why we pushed the pause button. Mm. Certainly, certainly mm. understand wow. the concerns, um, particularly your general counsels. I'm sure they were really frustrated and be like, no, that's not what it says. Yeah. Like, oh, that's what they told me. That's yeah. not what it says right That's here. That's not what it says. <laughs> yeah. And you know, yeah. when, when you have a general counsel like uh, Rochelle Conley, she is fantastic. Uh, and, and it's great to have GC. Uh, that that really is her alma mater who really truly understands contracts. Yeah. So um, we just have a, I, you know, I'm biased, of course, but I think we have a dynamic team starting with our president to our provost. Uh, student Affairs, VP of Marketing, uh, CFO, you got research, uh, or IT, uh, Special Assistant to the President, and I'm going around the table, remember all the cabinet members. But I, I tell you, our team is just, uh, this is one of the best teams that I've been a part of, and 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 it shows some by some of the work that is going on. Mm. I want to, on the other side, get a little more into what a team and athletic director, VP of Athletics, in terms of what that looks like in terms of working through a project uh, with the president uh, and those key members of your team and then you sitting on a leadership team what that looks like for all the listeners that may not be aware of that but before we get to that and take our first break i do have one more question i want to follow up okay. in regards to um this new team that you're putting together i, I, I want to know where that came from that idea and also i'd be remiss if i didn't put in a plug in terms of as i said i'm consulting with the 2023 Black College World Series. So if you need some outside sources, you know, they do have Zoom and these different form uh, formats of um, how you can Zoom people in. And as you see, I'm not afraid to get on a plane. I understand right. I've been in So if you need me there uh, in presence, I can do that too. So we can talk about that since you seem to find a little more money uh, based on uh, what you're getting out of these contracts, you know, maybe you can get some consultancy. <laughs> you don't have to answer that here. We'll talk about that offline. Don't put me down on, in public. But yeah. seriously, in terms of looking at that team, yes, why is that? Where did that idea come from, and why is that important in terms of how this can be transformative in a way of looking athletics to create a bigger space for expertise that helps you do what's necessary to grow revenue yep. uh, in athletics. You know, Dr. Dr. Wims, Dr. Wims is, he's a genius. He really is. And, and, and he, as he started thinking about things and, and he's looking at that across the board, not just athletics, but the institution as a whole. And so taking his concept and applying it to athletics 
And so in athletics, you know, the ADs pretty much think we we know it all, you know, but the reality is we can actually create a different environment, make people think differently about athletics. And, you know, the, the landscape is changing, right? So yeah. it's time for us to change with it. And, and I think by putting this team together, it's going to create some buzz. It's going to create some synergy. It's going to create some revenue. It's going to just create something different than what we have traditional athletics, the way we've seen traditional athletics uh, department run. And I think what we're doing is modeling something that can be used across the board. And I'm going to say this. It's about classics. We don't have to go and play these big games and get beat up, get hurt when we can create. Our brand is so powerful and we can create it within our own culture, the HBCU culture. And uh, that's that's the route that we're looking. Thank you. I started to hear a little bit more of that about the SWAC and really MEAC HBCUs in general of my, uh, a better understanding of what that brand equity yes. looks like and how yep. to make sure that we get the best out of the equity. Good. Stick with us. We'll be right back on the other side. We'll get back and talk a little bit more, as I said, the functionality in terms yep. of leadership team. Yep. Uh, then we'll give you some more time to also talk about some of the bright stars, bright things that are going on in your athletic department. With that yep. being said, we'll take our second break. We'll come right back on the other side. Stick with us. Hope you're enjoying the interview with Dr. Paul Bryant, the athletic director at Alabama A&M University, The Heal. T. Madden and Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden and Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden and Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. 
Impress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot of and who's the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yessa and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. DeVille with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. I'm on the road at the 2023 Black College World Series serving as a consultant uh, for this great tournament that features uh, uh, a championship format that will come down to the best of the NIA, best of the NCAA Division II. But at this time, I'm with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, interviewing Dr. Paul Bryant, the AD of Alabama A&M. Well, we stopped off and promised our listeners that we'd give them a little insight in terms of the org chart in some way, in terms of what that looks like in the functionality of the university, but specifically from the angle of athletics. Um, obviously, your leadership team, if you talk a little bit about that, who are some of the functionalities, who's getting it right, hopefully, in terms of your leadership team, it helps uh, the functionality of what uh, a lot of the alums uh, want to see take place with the Bulldog. Bulldog Athletic Program. And then the next part of that is talk a little bit about that org chart as it goes higher in terms of that leadership team. What is the functionality and how much of that cross linkage in athletics? In some mm-hmm. places, we kind of talk about athletics as if it's a silo, but obviously, as we know, in terms of university, there's many, many tentacles in terms of the cross tabulation yep. uh, and the functionality of athletics that has to go throughout the university. Okay. Well, Dr. Cabello, first I wanted to, uh, I know you're there in, in Montgomery at the Black College World Series. Just a quick question. What AD won that, that national title last year? Do you remember? Oh, uh, Edward Waters University. Edward Waters. Uh, out of Florida. A team that was transitioning from NIA to Division II. Uh-huh. Uh, baseball program also won the softball uh, in, in that as well. Um, and that is Edward Waters University under your leadership as the AD. Well played, well played. And they got it done as they defeated Division Two, and you have have taken that program uh, in all seriousness from the NAIA to the NCAA Division Two under the great president's leadership there as well. Yes. Yeah, you, you've been putting in some work over the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah no, I just had to throw that in. <laughs> yeah, you want to shout out? I like it. And they're still in the tournament now. Uh, yes. Credit. Yeah. They, yeah, they that, had a that, tough loss yesterday. Well, bounced back this morning, uh-huh. so they're still in the fight. That's good. <laughs> What'd you say, Mike? <laughs> no, I won't say it here. I'll say it between <laughs> I got different words than well played. (laughs) All right, Mike. (laughs) But I, I'm sorry, but I tell you what, the uh, no need to apologize. That's what we're here for. Uh, Who says you can't get to work and also have a little bit of fun? Yes, indeed. That's right. I'll tell you, in our athletics department, you know, we are our our leadership. I have a meeting, I call it the the 830 a.m. huddle every morning. And I meet with uh, my senior associate AD, my uh, senior woman administrator, uh, my my C, I call it my CFO, but she's the business and finance analyst and my uh, and my executive assistant. And what we talk about are just how we operate our department. Those are the uh, key stakeholders. And then uh, every Monday morning, I have a meeting with my SID, my head athletic trainer, head strength conditioning, my business, uh, my operations 
person and uh, the FAR, he attends, uh, and I have a mental health specialist. Uh, and so what we talk about is just how we reach as in the athletic department, how we're going to address and reach every goal that we have. And so you talk about the, the uh, how things interchange on the campus, and I sit on the presidential cabinet, and when I tell you typically you have angst between the provost and the athletics department, and here, there, we are seamless. And, and truly, Dr. Jones, Dr. John Jones have created, I say Dr. Williams, of course, but Dr. Jones as a provost has created an environment for us in athletics that we work so hand in hand. And then we have student affairs, Dr. Brock Talley. He's, I call him my little brother, because when I tell you, we truly don't make a decision without us talking. And then you have our CFO who's, you know, he's all about money. And so when we but when we talk about what we want to do, he tells us the plan. He finds the resources for us. So it's typically your CFO is like, no, you can't do it. We don't have this. This guy is like, he's like. <laughs> I've, been, I've been to those types of CFOs. Yeah. Yeah. He, BP Spellman is like, no, let's figure it out. Let's see how we can do it. And then, of course, the marketing piece with BP Ali, uh, mm-hmm. Jabal Ali, he's constantly getting the story out. And. I, I, I'm coming around the table. Our IT, you know, everything is about everything is about IT. Everything. So, Dr. Uh-huh. Dr. Kylie Nash, she's ensures that that we are reaching all of the things that we need to do. But there's one guy on uh, on our cabinet. Uh, his name is Dr. DeWeek. He's over research and institutional effectiveness. So the data that we need to move forward. We get it from from Dr. DeWeek. And then we've partnered. Uh, we Prime example, we have an agribition uh, center and we have gardens. So in athletics, we need a nutritional aspect to our, for our student athletes. So now we everything we grow, we can eat in athletics. And so there's we have that partnership. And then you have the, uh, of course, the special assistant to the president, uh, Jackie Robinson, and it's crazy. He's Jackie Robinson. I'm Paul Bryant, and you know, there's plenty. Wow. Of there. <laughs> but, but then, uh, and then, of course, our counsel, our general counsel, uh, Rochelle Conley, who is who makes sure that we stand, as I call it, we stay legal for less. <laughs> and so, <laughs> she's she does a fantastic job. But uh, uh, in all transparency, our team is uh, is one of the best. I think in the country, and 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 again, our board, uh, chaired by Chairman Watts, um, it's just been it's been phenomenal, and and it's a different way of doing higher education because we're all working together and we're not working against each other, and so athletics gets the big picture, and we know that we are a subset of what the institution is, what we're there for in the institution, so. I'm going to let Charles follow up before he follows up with that question. Is your far your faculty athletic rep? Yes, my faculty athletic rep, Jeremy Cheeks. Jeremy Cheeks, Mr. Quiet Cheeks. (laughs) That's that's another one of my protégés. I I, I got him right. Yeah, you know what? That's right. Yeah, he told me that. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Charles. 
Let me ask this question, and I'm, I'm going to put my fan hat on here for a second because uh, it's a question in regards to messaging. Um, and, and the question becomes, um, uh, you, you mentioned it, we're, re, we're, we're reimagining uh, the way we're looking at these contracts, the way we're going to treat classics and things of that nature. But how do you walk that fine line of making sure that you dotted every I and crossed every T in regards to looking at contracts, but the fan base not being spooked by right. this, this, this could be on the chopping block, that sort of thing. Right. Right. Well, I tell you, one of the things we do again, those, those people that are sitting at the table that I just mentioned, that's, that's how we make sure that we're hitting dotting up every I crossing every T's. But then we also have, we, we, I'm very transparent. I tell our stakeholders what's going on. And, and actually get them involved in the process. And so by getting them involved, they understand what's going on. And then those people that are involved in the process, they go out and tell the true story. So we're we're not allowing anyone else to create our narrative. We're telling you our narrative ourselves. Mm-hmm. Sure so, Mike, that. did you want a, another follow-up question? Yeah, I, I, I did have a question. Um, you talked about engaging your stakeholders. And I, as I look at your background, had a chance to read it um, when we heard, you know, you were going to be in the show. South Carolina State, donations doubled. You look at Grambling, you know, financial challenges, facilities needs met. You look at Edward Waters, facility upgrades. And you've been able to engage different stakeholders at the same time, address the needs of the organization. This is not a sports skill set. This is a business skill set to engage all of the stakeholders and yet address the need because the needs of the organization are going to be different. So my question to you is, where's the root in the gumbo? What's the secret sauce? How is your approach? You have all these entities in college and these guys know more than I do. I'm from corporate America, but it's the same. How do you engage all of these and get them function functioning to address the, the needs of that particular organization? Because you have a track record for it. Yes. I think, again, getting them engaged in the process. When I talk about here's what we want to do, I bring them to the table. But to be quite transparent, I actually learned that sense from my parents. Both of my parents are ministers. My mom is still the, my my dad has passed on. My mom is still the pastor of the church. And I watch my father, I watch my mother, how they galvanized the the church and how they brought people in and how they, just how they operated their their church. And I I wanted that mindset, but keeping it business, I didn't want the church business mindset. And so it was the mindset and and being a former or current business owner, I'm taking that model and putting it in athletics. Everyone says athletics can't be a business. It is a business. And yeah. that's the way I operate. And you know what? I tell my staff all the time, it's nothing personal, strictly business. And as I look at business decision, what's going to give me the greatest ROI, return on investment, right? But I'm going to stay student-centered in every decision I make. So if I bring you to the table, what are you doing for my students? And that's keeping that mindset. I, I always say, by being student-centered, there's no way we can make a bad decision. And so- at the table, when we're talking and someone wants to do something, I'm saying, how is that going to affect our students? 
Keep that in mind. Don't be selfish. Keep the student center, keeping the student center mindset is critical for our, our improvement and, and our longevity. Okay. Thank you. Dr. Brown, I think you touched on this a little bit, but I wanted to go back and maybe take a deeper dive in terms of specifically what are your thoughts on the proverbially quote unquote term about the money games where FCS programs play up against FBS programs? Yeah. Uh, particular, uh, you know, you have the G5, uh, what many people call the P5, NCA calls them autonomy five. Right. Uh, but in conjunction with that, this class, classic model that you're reimagining, mm-hmm. um, how does that model help eliminate the need maybe for money games after you give me your thoughts generally on money games themselves? Yeah, I, I'm, I, I know we had to do it in the past. We had to play these money games to, to meet budgets, to assist in facility upgrades and that sort of thing. But then if you take a step back and look at the damage it truly does versus the amount of money that you have to put out to play those games, the return on investment for you, it it just didn't, didn't, it, it, it was so far outweighed that I didn't, I don't think that we should have to. And then when you talk about we're FCS, we're playing FBS school, and they can only offer us $350,000, $400,000. However, all your expenses have to come out at, you're bringing home maybe $100,000. And so after you bring, take the band, after you take the football team and then you have to eat, then some people tell us they want the choir, they want uh, SGA. And by the time that's all factored in, you're bringing less than a hundred thousand dollars home. So you're netting. And and so as I'm looking at it, it doesn't make sense to me when I can create my own and be at home and make Three or four hundred thousand net. Yeah, absolutely. So we typically, when you play these FBS schools, you don't get tickets, you don't get gates, you get one flat fee. And if you don't negotiate the band, <laughs> it's just you're, you're coming out a lot less. So you're you're not netting out what you should. And so as we get our horizontal analysis of all of what we've been doing with these. Uh, these game guarantees, you, you're not you're not making as much as you think. Sure, and, I really and, understand that. And, and uh, then, I'm sorry. Okay. And, and then you talk about game day experience. So you go play at a big school. I'm not going to say any school. You go play. They'll put our fans in a little section of the of the stadium. So our game day experience is not good. Now we create our own classics and continue to do. Now we have game day experience. Now all of our fans are enjoying both sides of what's going on, just our game day experience. And that's why I talk about reimagining how and what we can do. Perfectly. Uh, Last one out there I want to get into question before I I let you have any last statement or word that you want to share uh, with any of your uh, customers' uh, constituency out there. In terms of social media, how social media is changing the landscape more than ever. I've seen you do a lot more things on social media, uh, including when you showed off the new gym over there. That was, that was nice. That was nice. (laughs) 
But just in general, what are your thoughts on social media? Is that something that you want to see more engagement, uh, talking about your sports information, or maybe even possibly at some point uh, hiring somebody that has a specialty about increasing the social um, engagement uh, through social media platforms? Yeah, so what we have to do, we have to look at look at who we're trying to attract. And so we're looking at the 18 to 22 year old, right? And so I always say we don't have to act like them, but we got to think like them, right? And so social media is critical to all everybody's success. So I don't care how much you say I don't want to be on social media. Well, then you're not reaching the the constituents that you need to. And so we want to show again, tell our narrative. We don't want anyone else saying, yeah, they got a they got a nice gym over there. They got a nice. No, I want to show it. I want to show you and tell you about what we have going on, because you know what? You can say, oh, that's a nice gym, but they don't have this. They don't have. No, I'm going to tell you, no, this is what we have. And so we're going to focus on all the positive things. And I think social media is is uh, as much as you don't want to do, you better do it. If you want to stay within the times, again, reimagining what you do. So, uh, yeah, for me, I I enjoy social media and uh, but it takes up a lot of time. So uh, but in order to in order to get your points across and get what you need, you have to be on social media. So uh, now I, I have taken out certain parts of my day. I literally tell my assistant Here's my time frame today where it's social media time. And I, I make it a point every day to do social media. Good stuff. Good stuff. That's all we have for you. Is there any last thing that you want to share that we did not get to ask uh, that you want to make sure that you get out there to your constituency? Yes. Yeah, so we have the campaign Drive for 55. We're trying to get to 5,500 season tickets. It has never been done at Alabama A&M. So I say the time is now. Get Come out and get your season tickets. They're, they're uh, reasonably priced. Uh, and I think it's uh, Dr. Bill, I will be coming to you. Uh, I got you. <laughs> but, I got you. Uh, but Mike and Charles. Because I know my wife got it. So oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And and uh, Roy, I see you too. But in any event, <laughs> but right now we have uh, our football stadium is being re- redone right now, and our turf. So we're, we we have new turf going in. We have a new locker room coming for our football program. We're we're talking about getting lights out on baseball, softball, soccer, tennis. I just purchased eight cameras for our tennis courts so that. We can now stream our tennis matches. And then, uh, you know, because we have kids from all across the country and the world, let their parents be able to see them. And so we have some synergy going on. Tailgating is going to be off the chain. We actually have water hookups, power hookups. Uh, We have, I mean, it's, and I'm excited because now you can bring your RV, plug it in. Get your water. You don't have to bring the water. You don't have to use your generator. It's just a different tailgate experience. And uh, it is going to be exciting on the hill uh, that that, uh, <laughs> that I tell you what, that you want to be a part of it. And I'm telling you, you're going to want to be a part. We Food trucks, you name it. It's, we're, and we're not just doing it for homecoming. It's going to be every game. Have a kid's own. Uh, and, and my last thing, Doc, 
Go ahead. We're, we're creating a in-the-game tailgate experience. Now, last year we had cabanas going around uh, the field. We're taking those tents down. I have a 12 by 26 shed. We call them dog houses. 12 by 26 shed with porch, with a porch on each one of them going around the stadium. So you can have your tailgate. You can barbecue. You can, it's, uh, you can put it. They're like tiny homes. You can put your TVs in whatever you want. And it's going to be inside the stadium. Something that I hadn't seen. Done. I I thought about it. So now, yes. man, I thought about it too. I'm, I'm sharing too much. <laughs> I like that though. The fact that you take it on and you put it into action is what it's worth. Uh, yes, Mike is official tailgater and he does the food. So he, uh, we're going to put him on assignment to make sure he go, gets to go test the food out there. <laughs> exactly. Tell us, give us a report back. <laughs> I'm going to test you out, Dr. Come Brian. On, I'm really, <laughs> I'm going to test you out. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and to be uh, up front, I'll be there for homecoming. Wife is made. He has no choice. I'm, come, I'm coming to. He ain't got no choice. <laughs> she, he ain't she, got no choice. She is the uh, president of the Houston Alabama A yeah. and M Alumni Association. So she putting in the work, getting it done. So that makes sure I put in the work, and get it done. So I, right. I believe in writing checks. I'm gonna write checks. So you got it. You hey, got that, Doctor Bob. That's man. great. That's call great. out. You made that just in time. That was good before we closed. Yeah, I was hoping <laughs> I could speak out of here without it. With, with that being said, hey, stay on. We're going to uh, go into our last break. We'll come back on the other side, talk a little bit more about the baseball. We'll give you a softball update. Uh, that game between Gremlin and uh, Prairie View has went finals. So stick with us. We'll give you that. I know they're talking about it in the session. A lot of people are happy about your answers, both on YouTube as well as Facebook. And we'll share it and get it out there in regards to the Twitter world as well. So I want to say thank you for that. Take, thank you for your time. Let's take our last break. But if you would, Dr. Brown, stay on. So we can uh, get a couple things for you before we move into our last segment. Yes, sir. Now, you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables and has a restaurant quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loop machine. Going around town, trying to get down. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. 
In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love and who the ball, who so listen to Professor Yes Sir, yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Lil inside the HBC Sports Lab with my Washington Charles Bishop. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'll say it. I didn't say it then. Go Bulldogs. You know, we usually enter our interviews uh, cheering on the uh, mascot of whoever we interview, particularly if it's one of our HBCU institutions. Uh, Mike had to say it off the record, but uh, we won't tell anybody that he said it. <laughs> oh, did I just say that out loud? <laughs> Charles, uh, let me ask you this as we get back into it. Give you the update. Prayer View defeated Gramlin 5-2. to two. Uh, mm. They exploded for those four runs in that last inning. Uh, bottom of six, uh, making it 5-0. to zero. Kudos to Gramlin. They were able to put up two runs, including kind of stealing home on one of the plays, close play of the plate. But she got in and slid under, um, but they got the out. So Prairie View moves on basically to the championship uh, game as they wait um, and stay undefeated, push Gramlin into the loser bracket. Uh, so we'll find somebody going home this evening, and then uh, you have some teams that will fight it out tomorrow, Friday, to see who will face Prairie View. Fascinating in terms of what's taking place there in terms of those matchups. So I did want to give uh, that update in terms of what that looks like. Give you also an update in the MEAC, where North Carolina Central has defeated Cotton State 10-1. to So that game has gone final as well. Um, so it's getting interesting in terms of these matchups uh, of what's going down. So Friday, uh, you will have in the MEAC, number six, Maryland Eastern Shore versus uh, the game six winner, which was Howard. So you have Maryland at number six seed versus the number five seed. And then whoever loses that game will end up playing uh, North Carolina Central, the three seed, uh, the final, see who will be the matchup in the championship game in the MEAC. So things are going down in terms of that. So with that being said, let's get into some of these uh, matchups, if we would, in terms of showing what's going to go down uh, on the baseball side of things before we close it up this last uh, weekend, starting in the East Division. Uh, what are some of the key matchups that you want to look at, Charles, in terms of the East Division? Uh, key matchup over in the East Division, I think uh, you want to see if Jackson State continues the momentum. Uh, they got Valley coming in for our Mother's Day set. Uh, so uh, Jackson State, they won uh, two out of three over the Florida schools with them cooking the Florida a and the past uh, two weekends. They got Valley coming in this weekend. So you want to see if they continue that momentum 
uh, going forward. But I think when you take a look, uh, for the most part, uh, over there in the East, I think things should kind of hold sway. I think Alabama State has uh, Alabama A&M, if I'm not mistaken. Alabama A&M comes into Montgomery. Uh, the big one probably this weekend, but Bill Cookman in Florida A&M. I think that's the one we want to keep an eye on. And yep. the second part of the rivalries going on in the East, uh, I like what you said there in terms of Bethune Cooking and FAMU, but I am fascinated to see if Jackson State could continue that momentum over Mississippi Valley. So, Mike, I'm going to ask you on the West side, uh, what are your thoughts in terms of what's taking place in the West? I imagine I can uh, guess what's going to be your big game, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Uh, what's the game that you're looking at this weekend? Uh, I like that TSU Prairie View game. I want to see what happens with that series. Um, uh, the two have played closely together. Uh, I, I definitely want to see what happens with that one. Um, I think Grambling also has an interesting matchup. You know, they, they've they got, uh, you know, they got, you know, Pine Bluff, and we talk about Pine Bluff, but Pine Bluff has pulled some upsets at times. But but the one is the one that, that gets my attention is uh, those Tigers against the Panthers. Uh, both on losing streaks, Texas Southern on a two-game losing streak. And, again, you don't know what you get with Texas Southern. You don't know what you get with Prairie View lately. Um, and then, so, you, you know, you're going to be battling with two opponents where you don't know what you get. Um, and last but not least, I think, you know, that Southern Alcorn should be interesting. Yeah. Um, so, but, but Alcorn State's in the toilet. So, right now, for me, it's that <laughs> Texas Southern Prairie View game. Yeah, it'll be interesting as we uh, got some rain this week. What is the weather looking like, Charles, for this weekend? Uh, 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 that's a million. I think that's a million-dollar question. I think uh, you, you're going to, from what I saw, you're going to have some showers uh, passing through uh, the, this weekend. So we'll see how the severity of those showers. But, uh, you know, Southern sitting right there, right behind Texas yep. Southern Prairie View in the, in the loss column, nipping on the heel. So uh, that, yep. that's, that becomes yep. an intriguing series as well. They're playing a team that's in the toilet. So if one loses, that both that could bolster Southern. So that's yeah. all to me. That makes that that matchup interesting. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Uh, also, in terms of the late game for the SWAC, uh, as I told you, Prairie View moves on. Grambling goes into the loser bracket. They will face the winner of the number two Bethune Cookman and number four Auburn State. That's Bethune Cookman out of the East. The only team left in the East, uh, and number four, all four states, Braves that are hot playing some good baseball out of the West. Uh, that game is coming on at 7.15 this evening, about to kick off as things are going. So great update there. I do want to be remiss if I didn't get out there. Uh, kudos. I know this has been out there. Uh, Reggie Barlow, as he's the FL, XFL Coach of the Year, we've talked about that. But that championship game is coming on this weekend. So I want to uh, support him in terms of HBCU Lifer. Hope he's able to get it done with his D.C. defenders as the head coach uh, coming in this 2020-23 championship game in San Antonio that will be played this Saturday uh, against the South Division champion, the Arlington Renegades, as Saturday, May 13th, uh, XFL. So be fascinated keeping an eye on that to see if Reggie uh, Barlow, Coach Barlow, can get it done. So. I uh, wanted to get that in there. Any last thing, Charles, that you want to get out before we get out of here and close things up? Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Definitely want to uh, put that Absolutely. out there before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. Good one. Happy Mother's Day. I'll echo back. Mike Washington, any last thing that you want to get out of there? No, same thing. I was going to re-echo. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. 
welcome. Certainly. Thank you, Charles. You got me out of trouble there. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Shout out this one to uh, today's my wife's birthday. Happy birthday to Faith. I got to call her this morning. Moving around, she's getting ready to travel with Deuce to go check out her mom for this mother day. I got to send her there for a gift. Uh, she laughed at her gift uh, because of our son Deuce is one of those guys that likes to take the iPad, iPhone charger. So no matter how many we purchase in the house, he seems to come get our plugs. And so I got one of those chargers where you can't get the plug. You put the phone on there, good. So now he's going to have to find his own charger. We'll see if that works. You got to kick out of that. Uh, it's funny how those gifts are different over the years and what works for you, what tends to make you happy. No with that doubt. being said, a little too much of that, but I uh, did want to share a little bit of Camille's world. With that, thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Yannick Camille, Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab. In the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Hope you enjoyed our interview with Dr. Paul Bryant, Alabama A&M University AD. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. Uh, look forward to next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Yada Cavill. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Follow these gentlemen, Charles and Mike, as they got a lot coming on you as we plan for this summer and get you ready for the fall. We're going to be dipping our toes in a lot of different areas. We'll still do what we do on this side to make sure you get your ACU sports, like we like to say, a little different angle as we focus more on the business side. You want to see what that looks like? Stay tuned to us uh, on all facets. We'll get it to you. That's Twitter, inside the HBC Sports Lab 1. Uh, shout out to Raymond Holly that uh, really does a lot of good work on that side. Make sure we get it done. Uh, Chris, Chrisley, that does, yeah, exactly, that does the production side and the scripts. I want to shout them out as we come up to this 400 show. We're excited with all these people that have played a role with it, including our lab listeners. Uh, that really show us love and get things going for us and continue to get it done. I uh, just wanted to say thank you for all you all do in terms of continuous to show us love up and down the channels all day in all different ways. Got a chance, if you had, if you want to get a little laugh, go check out HBC Nightly as I was on there. Uh, and people talk a little bit about that, giving some news there too. Shout out to Emma Pride, Silas McMorris, Steve Holly, Chuck Hunt. Um, those Franklin Nelson joining us and giving us some love. Appreciate you, Edwin D. Moore, uh, all these that continue uh, to shout out HBCU Heritage Senate. I just want to say thanks for those core listeners, getting it done, and many more. Dream big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Mike? Lecture. Dismissed. I also want to say congratulations to all the HBCU graduates up there. I will be back in time for the TSU graduation as well, doing my part to celebrate all of you all for your huge uh, honors uh, with our commencement and to celebrate with your families. Thank you. Uh, great work. Continue to do and do great things uh, as we move forward. Take care.